welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Uh, good afternoon and welcome. My name is Joe. I'm a recurring psychoholic. Hey, Joe. Hey, my co-leader here is Tim, and the topic we're sharing is recovery from porn. Uh, please turn off any electronics and please do not record anything from this session. In the spirit of the fifth edition, to carry the message, this session is recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during this session. If you do not want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-recorded meeting. Please do not touch the recording equipment. If you want to share, come up to the front and sit next to us and use the microphone. Please leave the microphone on the table and don't touch it because it makes noise on the recording. Thank you. Uh, let's begin with a moment of silence for all those suffering and unable to attend this meeting, followed by the Sinaverity Prayer. Prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things that cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The will by mine be done. Again, our topic is recovering from porn. We will share five or six minutes about how this topic applies in our lives, and then we'll open up the meeting for all of you to share, which each about two minutes to share before we call it time. So I'm going to begin with um, recovery for porn. For me, porn is a really big item on my checklist. Uh, it has caused a lot of uh, destruction. It led me to a lot of areas in my life that I've never thought I would go to. It entertained me in a way that I didn't know I was being entertained. It took my whole personality. It took the person who I was and made me an entirely different person. But how did I get out of it? How do I get out of it? What? How can I get out of it? What are my danger zones? What do I see there for porn? How can I notice that something's going on? Well, it all starts in my head. It all starts in my brain. It may start with the stress that's going on in life. It may start with a trigger. It may start with someone ticking me off on the road. It may be just having an argument with my wife. So how do I recover from this? What do I do? Okay, I have this problem with porn. I go out there. I want to seek it. I want to self-medicate. I want to go and enjoy myself. I Okay, I come to the fact that, okay, this is going on in my life. I do have this happening and stuff. So now what? I ask myself the question, okay, I have porn. Do I go to it? How do I recover from it? What do I do? Well, I belong to this program called SA. What does SA say about? Well, there's certain tools out there that I can use. A, I can make that phone call. That's my lifesaver. That's my lifeline. If I went into my phone right now, I have over a hundred number of contacts between home groups, DSR, uh, um, meetings that I go to, a lot of different people that I contact. If I'm feeling triggered, I hit a button and someone can pick up on the other line. If not, I try the next number and stuff. That recovery process for me really works. It helps me become the person that I need to be in life. It makes that connection to me and my spouse even more fruitful. We're able to function better. I don't have to see her as an object. I don't have to see another person as an object. I can take that reality of using the program face-to-face and and have it become who I need it to be. Um, Fantasy lives, the unreal, the intrigue, the imposters. Porn leads to entertaining our minds. It enables us to vision the brain and the visions that you have at your fingertips. Just that click. These hands can do mighty things. It starts with your brain, and from your brain, it takes you places you don't want to go. It causes destruction. It causes pain. But how do you cope with the pain afterwards? What do you do? How do you get out of it? 
Meetings. For me, it's meetings. It's coming clean. It's honesty. It's not breaking that breach of trust. It's being accountable. It's having a sponsor that I can go to. It's, it's, it's the willpower. I start to have to have a willpower not to do the things I want to do. I have to start hearing other people share, hearing their stories, going to the meetings, seeing what's going on, using that tool in the meeting to change my life, connecting and just, um, just doing everything possible to be recovered. Recovery for porn is a big thing. Um, it either can make me or break me. It either can take me to a life of happiness and joy and freedom, or it can take me to, I would say, a destruction gate of hell, if you want to call it. It could take me down the path down there. It could take me off a bridge. It could, it could take my mindset off of many different things. It's not the real thing. It's a thing that comes in my life. Uh, with that, I'll pass with Tim. Thank you. I'm Tim, grateful recovering sexholic. Grateful to be here. Um, grateful for the topic. <laughs> it's like uh, porn. I'll give you a quick brief history of my porn addiction. My porn addiction started at six, and uh, I was introduced to it, and I liked it. it day one. I enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't quite the obsession that it became later on at age 13, uh, but it was starting. It piqued the interest, things like that. And uh, as I begin in that insanity world, actually I discovered at age eight that my favorite form of porn is actually ads in the newspaper that I delivered for six years. I actually just loved the newspaper ads. It wasn't porn that other people would consider pornography, but I certainly consider it pornography now. And I just loved objectifying women and girls and, and men. And, and, and there's many times when I'd object myself, uh, be, treat myself as an object uh, to lust after. And as I got into uh, pornography at age 13 and things like that, it was generally, I, I always had this dual personality. It's like, okay, I'm really the good kid, the really nice kid. I won't, I won't do any of this stuff. I, you know, I just deliver the newspaper. It's all good. I have this really nice family and, uh, everything's good. And, but the thing was, is whenever I was introduced to porn or things like that, I found friends. Okay. They have porn. They're, somebody has it. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't look at that. Oh, can I read it? <laughs> All right. What's on the next page? But the thing is, is, and I would do that, and then I'd be like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't be watching. You know, I shouldn't be looking at this stuff, and I'd get rid of it and so on. I started sexually assaulting at age 13 as well. So my, my porn addiction, I had to have living porn, so to speak. And I got into that as well. And my parents got wind of that. Thankfully, they caught me. I went to my ecclesiastical leader, got a nice talking to, and I literally broke down crying. I was just like, I am not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to, I, you know, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to do this. This is not me. And I continued. Uh, it found me. I mean, it's just porn likes me. It's, it was like attracted to me. It just like, you know, land on the sidewalk in front of me or in the bushes or wherever. I just find it. I was like, this is magic. It was definitely not the magic I was hoping for, but that's the way it was. Uh, we moved. My family moved. So things were looking pretty dim. They're like, okay, we'll move. Uh, and that's a normal addict behavior that I have. It's like if I go to a different place, if I, you know, different area, reset, start over, this will solve it. I'm good. So I got the new area. I started establishing my image as the good Good kid, didn't do anything wrong, didn't swear, didn't do anything. I've been swearing for years and actually spent years trying to stop. But anyway, I got a new image. All right. These guys don't do porn, I think. <laughs> no, they do. Okay. So the um, <clears throat> I was like, okay, I'll just try and avoid it here, try and keep the image maintained. Okay, this this will be good. All right. I've got to do something radical here. I'm going to go way back into my, uh, my crazy... Uh, attitude of sexual assault again, worse than I already am at this point after moving. And I was like, okay, let's see here. What can I do? Uh, I know I will become a missionary. That sounds like a brilliant plan. Okay. So I'll go there. And I was like, okay, let's see, uh, go to this. Uh, let's like, let's talk about God all the time. I knew that 
my from my uh, grandfather who's an AA that God was a the answer to the the steps and things like that. He's like AA doesn't work, but I was like okay, at least what what I heard works about. I have to have a higher power associated with that. So anyway, so go go on the mission. And I go to a place that just happens to have porn in the streets. It's legal. I was like, cool, this is the best. I can continue my lust addiction, and it's not my fault. I have nothing to do with it. It's right in front of me. It's all good. So I get back. I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm like, let's see here. Now what's the next goal? Let's get married. That'll solve my masturbation and porn addiction. This will be great. And it'll stop my sexually acting out with, with other people as well. This is fantastic, fabulous plan. So I get married. I go back to porn and masturbation within a short period of time. I'm like, this is just wrong. This can't happen. But I continue in it. And I'm stuck in this duality of trying to be a person that I'm not. I'm a sex addict. I go to a class. So I'm, I'm married now. I have a child. Uh, things are going downhill on the sexual uh, side of things for the marriage. So I was like going, okay. I've got, to, I've got to get a better job. That's it. If I get a bigger house, better job, more money, my wife will like me more, she'll have sex with me more often, we're good. Okay, off onto my lovely addict plan. I get going. I go to a certified network engineering class. I sit on the front row because my hearing's horrible. And I'm listening to the instructor, and he says, type in this web address. This is the first time I've ever been on the Internet or a, a, a somewhat high-speed Internet. I was on a BBS and had a computer and things like this, love computers, whatever. Download porn and things like that on the super slow stuff. That that's that's horrible. Now I got into this certified network engineer class, started looking at it, and went, aha. The second I put in the wrong address, I got porn immediately. And everybody behind me started laughing. And I was like, uh oh, this is bad. Delete, delete, delete. I'm feeling embarrassed. This is self-conscious. This is really bad. But my brain is secretly going, this is awesome. This is like crack cocaine for me. Woohoo! And the thing is, is I'm just constantly fighting myself. I'm like, this is horrible. This is good. No, this is horrible. This is good. Go back and forth. The good news was, is my life broke down just a few years after that. So within about eight years, my life, uh, I'm on my way to prison, I think. And my wife caught me, and it was it was it was heaven sent. I was literally pleading with God that day before. It's like, please, God, I've got it. I either need to die or something. I'm done. Hit me with a lightning bolt. I'm done. I can't handle life anymore. I got to change this. It's horrible. Um, and so anyway, so I pray. Uh, I do that. I start going. I get uh, to twelve step program. Yay! I start learning about how it is to really work the program and things like that. And when I started uh, re learning from other SA members, it's like, okay, what, how do I overcome this uh, uh, lust addiction? I actually was inadvertently put into the solution also known as I need to avoid all forms of porn, <laughs> including the newspaper and the magazines and the television articles and the news and all this stuff. And it was actually just literally on stop feeding the obsession on page 158. Number two, that was it. And I, I wasn't willing to do it. I, it took me years. Even though I had the consequence of going to jail and things like that, I actually, same excuse, when I was in jail, they put me right underneath the, the television. Perfect. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. These guys running around in the jails all had tattoos of naked women on them. Woohoo! Not my fault. But the thing is, is I had to recognize that I had uh, one thing I'd learned in recovery is I have something that I have the ability to do. I can give up my right to view it. And then I really had to accept that. And then I said, you know what? I can't, I can't continue to consume lust like this. I have to give up all forms of lust. And so then I had to inventory all the things in my forms of, of doing it. Most of it was in my head. And I was like, how do I get rid of that? Or how do I get rid of it in my sleep? Oh no, this is never going to end. But the reality is it does end. I just have to keep working the steps on it. I just keep inventorying it. And then it's gone. By the grace of God and this miraculous program, I have, I have been porn free for seven and a half years. I've been sober, sexually sober, masturbating for over eight, a little over eight years. What a miracle. I had to finally give up all my video games. I was addicted to video games. I was addicted to a lot of things, television, magazines, and I have a long, long history with comical episodes with different things. But anyway, I'm grateful for this opportunity and I need to turn some time over to you to share. 
And so uh, please come up. You can form a line. And please share your experience, strength, and hope on how you overcame your addiction to porn. I'm Tim Sexholic. Oh, and now uh, let me read a little thing for the participant shares. It says, you now have the opportunity to share with the group. Please focus on the topic of the meeting, which is pornography and overcoming that. Like like sharing in any essay meeting, please limit your sharing to the topic. Avoid explicit descriptions or distraction, distracting comments and focusing on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. Please line up for our, on the left and we, uh, so we don't have to wait for each person to come up. Please speak loud enough for all to hear. You'll each have about uh, two minutes uh, to share. Lauren Sexaholic. Um, definitely relate with uh, the prior share. Um, definitely found it young. Uh, found it in my dad's closet, basically. Uh, uncles were living with us. It was plentiful uh, in plenty of places, including on the wall. And uh, I was hooked quickly. And the um, my my bottom at that time for even just coming to any sort of disclosure was about you know, eight, ten years later when I was 16, and um, it was just coming, dealing with depression. Someone finally got to the bottom of why I couldn't relate with anybody and wasn't talking and, and all that sort of th- thing. I got current, and then that same night, um, you know, told my parents, and they did not have helpful um, responses to it. So... um you know, entering entering college age that was plentiful. That's high speed internet as well, sort of thing. Uh, and then my career uh, led me to very similar sort of thing, where access is what it's all about. Um, you know, I'm, I now I, I now potentially have access to a thousand computers. Um, you know, which out of forty clients, that sort of thing, if uh, I really wanted to. So, is always trying to find okay, what's the ways that I can limit my access and and uh, you know, external ways. Um, you know, been in the program, you know, on and off, you know, for the past eighteen years or so, and um, yeah, it was only recently that I really found and started realizing that I I got what surrender means at before the click, before that first that first action, that first thought. Because I thought I could manage it, maintain it, you know, work the steps, show up, you know. Um, but I was still running the show um, around, especially the, the, the particulars. It's like, I can handle, you know, a little bit of lust is, is what I realized that I was believing. Um, yeah, what's... What's a little harmless search of images that, yeah, I got, I got all the filters on. I'm not going to see pornography. Um, but going down that path, it's lust. And the same thing with, you know, how I treat my wife. It's like, well, I'm, you know, my, uh, my love language is, is touch. So, you know, touch, touch, touch. Um, but it was, it's the same sort of thing. I'm using that un, you know, the, the natural, um, instinct of, you know, the sexual response for a non-natural, unnatural desire, you know, very, the very definition of lust. Um, and I got to find that in my higher power. And, um, he's, he's given me a, a deeper understanding of my, my malady through, through this program. So thanks. Thank you. Hello guys and gals. Uh, my name's Mike. I'm a lust addict. I'm very grateful to be here this morning. I appreciate y'all being here for me. Um, from St. Louis Center Group, and uh, welcome to our great city. Uh, I've been in recovery on and off for the last 30 years. I'm 71 years old. I've been struggling with lust since I uh, can first remember uh, looking at an image of a woman. Um, that's probably sometime uh, I'm talking about a scantily clad woman and focusing on body parts. Um, this, the problem for me was that it was such a high, it was such a buzz, it was such a, um, a drug that um, all I needed was one look and I was gone. Um, this may sound very strange to you guys. I haven't heard too many people say it. And I'm not proud of it, 
but I haven't, I have not masturbated my entire life. Um, I'm not proud of that. I'm just saying it as a fact. So my, my weakness is women, sex with women. That's, that's where my lust takes me. So what's happened? Well, I've gone through, I'm on my third marriage. The first two were ruined by pornography, which drove me to prostitution, uh, unfaithfulness, adultery. Um, and it wasn't until the last time I came into recovery, which is 10 years ago, that I started to become aware of the fact that I was absolutely positive, totally out of control. I had no control, none, zip, zero, nada. And it was at that point that I came to understand that uh, not only did I need help, but I needed therapy, I needed medication, and I needed the program. Now, this is my humble opinion, but I will not be recovered until I'm six feet under three days after I'm dead. That's my personal opinion. Uh, there's a lot of people that will disagree with me on that. I will never, ever be recovered from lust or anything else that is involved with lust. The only way I can do that is to surrender it. Abstinence is the key word for me, abstinence, to abstain from that. And the only way I can do that is to let the program work for me with phone calls. I do, I do four meetings a week. Even now, I do four meetings a week. So it's just the basics. Am I still addicted to pornography? You bet I am. Absolutely. But I know where it's going to take me. I know where it's going to take me, and I don't want to go there anymore. So thanks for letting me share that. I'm Ed W. I'm from Kentucky. It's Friday, day, January 191. I came to SA first in 1989, and I didn't know what my problem was. And it took a time of duration to grow to understand what the real problem is. I'm powerless over sexual lust. My life is unmanageable. And I'm grateful for our sobriety definition because it gives the opportunity for me to grow into what sobriety really is, progressive victory over lust. I have recovered from a seemingly helpless and hopeless state of mind and body. And my addiction to lust started as a little kid. I, too, uh, didn't look at the things that the word pornography uh, indicates. It was uh, in isolation reading, and my magical magnifying mind could create all that was necessary. Of course, as I got older, it progressed, and it's progressively, and it's more destructive. And I, too, uh, was driven, um, you know, at a little alcohol, uh, sexual lust, and violent nature. They go together. That's the progressive movement, in my experience. And uh, it's a miracle that I have learned to turn and pray. Uh, I don't have lust running in my head every day. I don't have lust running at the present. Uh, but I do know to turn and pray. And every time I see someone that I'm drawn to as a temptation or a trigger, I'm reminded I'm not cured, uh, that I still need to turn and pray because that's been the pathway of my victory. And uh, sex is not the problem. Porn's not the problem. Lust is. And, and lust is a counterfeit for a loving, caring God who I call love. And there's enough power there for me to live in freedom. And the freedom I'm gained uh, from that experience of growing spiritually in a great reality, in a intimacy with the Almighty, because uh, that's what it takes. It can't be... Uh, Small power it has to be the one that has all power. That's the only answer I know, but I know that it works. Thank you. Thanks,
Good afternoon, fellow brothers and sisters. My name is uh, James B. I am a grateful recovering sexaholic. All right. Uh, my sobriety date, I've been gratefully sober since February 10th of 2014. And uh, my main part part of acting out for the longest time has considered has been pornography. I stumbled onto it, uh, onto my father's stash at the house when I was nine years old. And uh, my father uh, died a practicing sex addict. And from the magazine, I learned how to self-stimulate, and it didn't take me long uh, before that. When my the initial experience I had with it was equivalent to probably the most potent hit of crack cocaine you can imagine, because the escalation was sudden, the escalation was swift, and the escalation was severe. Um, my pornography was also a gateway to other very boundary-crossing type behaviors. Um, I I was uh, cited. As a 16-year-old for for exhibitionism, as a 17-year-old for voyeurism, and uh, eventually, it my 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 pornography addiction was a gateway to prison. Unfortunately for me, uh, when I first came into the program, I thought if I had to give up my lust in my pornography, what the heck would there be left? Because my entire life had been tied up in it. Um, 39 years of my first 48 were spent in the fog of pornography. Uh, the being in love with and pursuing the, the absolute unreal that would never happen. And then one, then the, probably the best thing happened. My wife stumbled onto what I was doing and that was my first push toward recovery from porn was her catching me and insisting on me seeing a therapist, getting into SA, going, you know, having a sponsor, attending three meetings every week. I make phone calls every every day. Even even in between some of these sessions, I've made calls to my sponsees and my other brothers um, in the program because I want to stay connected to them. I also have uh, developed a pattern of praying every morning and and surrendering my character defects. And when I found that was there to replace all the pornography, I found out the quality of my life has improved. Uh, it went from the point where my wife did not want to be in the same house as me, much less, you know, much less us sleeping in separate rooms. Now it's to the point where we have had, uh, over, within the last half year, some intimate physical contact for a long time. And if you would have told me that was possible, I would have been asking you what crack pipe you were smoking. <laughs> and, uh, all, and uh, it's all thanks. Uh, it's thanks. It's all thanks to the program. The program does work if you work it. Pass. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm a sexaholic. I, I am. I often introduce myself as uh, addicted to images in my head. Uh, I, I mean, boy, uh, pornography has burned images and videos uh, into my brain. Um, I'm grateful for, uh, gosh, three months sobriety. I know that ain't much, but it's, it's, I've really gotten some, some freedom even from that uh, obsession. It still comes back intermittently. Um, and part of, I mean, part of me, you know, when, whenever that happens, I feel like, you know, oh crap, you know, I've, you know, I've lusted. It's, you know, it's never going to go away, you know, may as well go view the real thing and, uh, you know, slip stands for a lot of things. Uh, you know, sobriety loses its uh, priority or purpose and, um, sober living isn't pleasurable and, uh, uh, the sexaholic loves internet pornography. Uh, so boy, that's, that's true for me. Uh, it might not be everyone's, uh, MO, but yeah, just, just thinking about it. I mean, pornography, you know, especially internet porn. I mean, I'm not sure it's always, you know, existed. I mean, maybe thousands of years ago, people had little clay statues that were like lustful, but you know, um, it's, it's made, it's made a uh, lust just so much easier to sweep under the rug. And, you know, in, in my own privacy, I, I think privacy, <laughs> I can, I can view, uh, you know, view pornography and I don't have to go to a place to, you know, view it and, you know, it's just that's 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 the uh, I mean it's the illusion of no consequences that makes it so uh, powerful. I mean in the in the uh, good old days, uh, sexual acting out was uh, you know pursuing lust was much more in the open. This it's it's it can be it can be swept under the rug. And I but no, I can't hide from God. 
Um, so thanks for letting me share. Thanks, I'm Brian, and I'm a sexaholic. I don't have any strength or hope. I'm tired right now because I wrestled last night with this issue. And so that's why I'm glad to be here, because um, um, this is something that has, um, it's the only way that I act out um, sexually deviantly, um, but it is a, it's taken a toll. Um, I'm on the verge of uh, a divorce right now because my wife believes, and truthfully so, that I've had a relationship with myself all these years and never let her in uh, to a certain degree. And um, and I don't... I won't get too specific, but that but the stuff is just evil. <laughs> and even the names of the companies don't even try to hide it. And I'm not, I don't mean to be too suggestive in that area, but it's just bad stuff. It's just bad stuff. And it's stuff that I don't want. It's, it's, uh, it's a freedom that, that I, that I, that I crave. And, um, I do know what the tools are to be used. But uh, my um, my addict comes up with all kinds of anti anti reasons to um, follow those things. But I but I but I need to follow those things, and I and I need this um, this fellowship so that um, I can have freedom from this. And so um, I'll pass. Thank you. I'm Nicole, sexaholic, uh, beautiful, worthy, lovable enough. So, um, yeah, I was introduced to porn by my brother when I was about four, maybe five. Um, some kids watch cartoons. I watched porn. Um, for me, the first look on it was the women in there. It was um, I became obsessed um, with being like them because I am by nature a people pleaser and in my child mind, they just made everybody happy. And I attached and they were, I idolized them as being beautiful. So I attached beauty, worth and happiness to being objectified. Um, so going further into my life and my acting out, that was my mentality is I could, I had to do the things that they did because that is what made life worth living, gave me my worth, gave happiness. So it was going into the pits of, exp- of my research and porn um, to know how I could how I could do my part to make the world happier. And it was, but it was detrimental to me. It made me miserable. It made me hate myself. It made me feel like I was unworthy. And all the things I was chasing, I was not getting from it. Um, but I couldn't stop. I mean, hours on hour, you know, a session would be eight hours long, and it didn't matter. Forgetting about everything from my children to my husband to my job. Um, so overcoming that was, first of all, stop feeding the obsession. I had to just completely throw out anything I had, anything that was suggestive, um, including not just movies, pictures, including things around my house that just for whatever reason would trigger a thought. Um, so that was the simple part. And then being very open with my husband about it, because I would use the excuse a lot, like, I'm just looking up stuff for the two of us um, to justify my rabbit hole of porn. Um, but when you go beyond what even your husband thinks is not appropriate um, it's it's just an excuse. Uh, so my husband made a vow with me, and I was very open with him about it, and we was to not even engage in it anymore. And I was making lots of phone calls when I would even have a flashback, because that's a big thing for me, is even having a scene of a flashback. Um, just being really honest, surrendering, and finding meetings, finding groups, and surrounding to my higher power. So thanks. Thank you. I'm Dick. I'm a sexaholic. Um, I too found porn in my dad's uh, closet. 
Um, and that was the start of a, a long, long journey. Um, I grew up, obviously, before the Internet, but when the Internet came, um, so did porn, and so did Trojan, the virus. And I can't tell you how many computers I had to take in for repair or to be replaced. And finally, I got smart, and I got a Mac. And, and the virus doesn't affect Mac, but my wife does. So she caught me, and um, I came out. I retired out of healthcare. Um, I do a lot of reading, research, and whatever. And I can understand my addiction to porn. Well, it's very similar to our addiction to orgasm. It's the chemicals in our body are elicited so that we'll reproduce. That's how God made us. But we choose to abuse it. And the more dopamine you put in your body, the more hormones you put in your body, over time your body changes so that your brain is tuned in to porn. And it's not just a little today, it's more tomorrow, and it's different types of porn, and it just grows and grows and grows and grows. Well, my wife caught me the second time, and um, she said, you know what? Your office is without a computer. You can't have a cell phone. You can't have TV. And the session before this was on joy. That was one of the most joyous days of my life. I do have a cell phone, and she knows she has covenant eyes on it, and, you know, you guys know all the stuff that's available. You can get around it, but why? Why feel that dirt and guilt and shame and whatever? I understand the addiction, but I also understand this program, how it works, and that telephone call, I mean, um, yeah. And and what's even more interesting is once you kind of, you know, I don't, I, I'm like the gentleman says, yeah, I'll be dead and six foot under. Well, I'll be cremated and ashes scattered, but I'll probably still want porn. Uh, <laughs> but there are ways around it. And one of the things that's really helped me is being a sponsor to the guys that have the problem. And. You know, I don't know how many people there are in this room, but in here, the majority of us have a problem with porn. When you get out in the general population, it's 8 of 10. And the counselors are running out of means. They don't know how to handle it. What are they going to do? The church leaders are crying. Now, and, and, and you know, I don't know if this is a fact that I can quote in here or not, but I'll give it to you. Six of 10 church leaders have a problem with porn. So how can they preach from the pulpit and be lusting themselves? I'll pass. Thanks. Hey, I'm Chaim. I'm a sexaholic. I'm grateful to be sober for nine years, three months, 13 days, and tomorrow's my birthday. And um, the reason I say that is because my birthday was very painful for me all my life. It was it was hell. Um, I basically sat and watched porn. <laughs> But it's funny because I did it the day before and the day after also, so it's not about my birthday. But um, somebody let me know yesterday that the uh, United States of America Health and Disease Department um, acknowledged that sex addiction is real. The same way a drug or alcohol is, is a real disease and addiction, um, so is sexualism. And I think we knew that for a while, <laughs> you know. They could have come here. Um, I was working with a sponsor the other day, and I asked him to tell me, um, why is he a sexaholic? Maybe you're not. And he said, go in my brain just for one hour. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's my story. That's my life. Um, I started to watch porn at the age of nine. I was given porn, and I didn't put it down until the age of 27 when I came into SA. But then I struggled with it for a few years in program. And the reason I struggled with it, one of the reasons is because the definition in program is masturbation. So I lied to myself. And that is a lie in this fellowship that I found out, a big, big lie, and it burns people. 
And it burns me so much that even till today, even though I haven't watched porn in years and years in this fellowship, maybe seven, eight years by now, I still have that thing in my head that, but it's masturbation, you know? And I got to get rid of that lie. Um, you know, the same lie of a gentleman's club is called a gentleman's club. There's nothing gentle about that club. And an adult bookshop, there's no books in the shop. And, you know, and all this other shit that goes on, you know. It's a lie. It's a lie. My whole disease is one big lie. But um, one solution that really I needed to be willing to walk through, not to watch porn, I needed to die to my disease deep down. I mean, I needed to physically roll on the floor. I needed to literally punch walls. I remember going to the beach when nobody was around, just screaming my head off. I mean, I had a reaction to not watching porn, a physical reaction. I needed to die to awaken. And um, after not watching porn for many, many years, I still need to do that every so often because it comes back, the images, the desire, the temptation, the struggle, the fear, and I just want to pick that up so badly. But in the last year, and I'll finish off with this, I found an interesting thing changing me. As much as I love porn, I started to hate it. I started to deep down hate it. So yeah, I'm going to want to, like everybody says, three days after I'm dead, but I started to hate it. I need to start telling myself that out loud. I hate porn. Porn is the devil. Porn is going to kill me. Lust is going to kill me. I need to start telling myself that because for 20 years I told myself that this is chocolate-covered ice cream and this is everything delicious. So I need to just go backwards now. I need to die to it, and I still need to die to it. That's what I got things. My name is Mayor. I am a recovering sexaholic. I'm, I'm also a recovering porn addict. It's the same thing, but um, for me, it's actually confusing because, like the previous year said, the ma- the, the masturbation um, thing really played with my mind for many years because I'm in program eight years, close to eight years, and I, I haven't physically masturbated that time, but I'm but I've been struggling with that first click all throughout these eight years, shamefully. Um, and it doesn't start, the porn isn't the first click. The first click is, is uh, I don't know, maybe um, the news, uh, CNN. That's usually the first click, to be honest. <laughs> it doesn't end there, unfortunately. So um, for me, two, a little over two weeks ago, I was playing around and my wife caught me. And that was a wake-up call for me that I had a, I had to stop and I'm grateful that since then I'm clean for about, for today's 16 days. Um, I'm just grateful for that. I really, I hope to come back next convention and say I'm still clean. I hope and pray. Um, it's very painful being in recovery for so many years and still struggling and getting knocked again and again. It's just such a painful place to be. Um, but I don't have to be there. I don't have to be there. Um, and I need to, I need, I could tell you guys what doesn't work. Filters do not work. <laughs> the longest stretch I had without porn is when I took off all my filters. That was by the direction of my sponsor. Just take them off. You're using it as an excuse not to work the program. And I had a couple of months and then I put my filters back on and I started watching porn again. It's crazy. So I don't have the answers, but, um, I just, uh, I'm going to keep coming back and, um, I really, I could use help. I, I, I don't know. I just don't have the answers. It's tough. I work in front of a computer all day and that, that thing just doesn't go away. I'm powerless. And, uh, that's what I got. Thank you. Whew. Good afternoon. Okay. I'm Zev. I'm a very grateful sexaholic. I say I'm grateful because now I have a handle, I have a, I, I have a tag. I, I, I know what I am, so now I can, you know, have a have a recovery. Um, my porn addiction began when I started wearing spectacles, glasses, not these, but uh, seven years old, and uh, 
Dad took me to the barber shop, and there in the stack of magazines was the Playboy. Boom, instant. And uh, he had them also in the front hall closet high up. And uh, my porn addiction grew with the uh, with the progress of the uh, men's magazine business. Um, and it hasn't ended, sad to say. I'm in the program 13 and a half years. Uh, when I first came to the program, I gave up all sex with others than myself. Um, masturbation petered out eventually in uh, January of 2012. But that computer still snags me now and again. Isn't all the time. I'm a periodic. I've, gosh, I had a spate there maybe five, six months when I didn't look at any of this stuff. But it's a bottle. It's a bottle that's in my cabinet, and I know I can still have it. So I need to do like Chaim and just die to the expectation, the right, the entitlement to go there. And uh, with higher powers, grace, I will get there one one, one of these days. I'm not going to beat myself up for uh, beating myself off. Um, I'm a good guy, and I have a I have a disease. You know, it's since I'm seven years old, I'm still wearing these glasses. I have a disease. My eyes still need tools, and uh, my time is done. And I wish wish all of us success in uh, in um, living with this addiction. Uh, not in the addiction, but living with it and having success in uh, in growing and being sober. Thanks. Hello, my name is Ilya. I'm a sexaholic, uh, sober about 370 days. Um, porn was very big for me. Um, it, that's what started my addiction, and uh, I became periodic, and what really blew up my addiction, it was uh, porn. I got a new job. I found myself with the, my own iPhone, my own laptop, on the road, alone, and I just could not stop watching. And uh, very soon, I was out of the job, and I just went on to prostitution and things like that. And uh, one thing I learned in this program, different things work for different people. And for me, you know, somebody told me this when I first came. He said, to thy own self be true, that what's on the back of a coin. And for myself, I knew if I wanted to get off porn, I could not do it if I had open access. So I had to lock everything down. Um, no, no computer, not, nothing with any internet access. Because if I had any vestige, I just would be there all night. So for a long time, I had to block everything. And similar to other shares, I had to just get out everything around my house, which reminded me of porn. Even if it was like, like I wouldn't even take showers like by myself. I had to do it in like weird ways, you know, like because that would trigger me, you know. Um, and uh, only slowly, like it's only been after a year, I just got emails on my phone, and I just, you know, just have to be honest with myself, go slow, whatever I feel comfortable with, and and not 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 play games with this. Because I know if I uh, if I play games, I don't know if I, if I'll make it. I might I might uh, you know I don't want to sound dramatic, but I might lose my life and everything. So I uh, I I think you know to that own self be true. It might not work for other people, but for me, what helped me get over the porn was to be very strict, set boundaries, go crazy on the boundaries, make a lot of phone calls, a lot of meetings, and just you know just really really be careful about it. So that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share. My name is Moshe Gatchel, covering sexaholic. <clears throat> sober by the grace of God since October 29, 2013. Sober from porn from October 2015, um, April actually. Um, what worked for me was acknowledging that it's the first drink that kills me. It's not the actual porn. It's, uh, by that time I'm gone. It's the tiny drinks, things that I don't think is anything quote unquote wrong. It's the small news. It's that's really where it's at. The first look sometimes on the street. Not um, that's worked for me a lot. Um, even though I do have boundaries on the internet, I also realize, as was shared, that I need to ha- leave things open. If I lock myself up from possibilities, then I will not rely on the program. Um, for me, it worked also sharing explicitly what's on my mind. It helped me give it away. It helped me be honest with myself. Helped me realize how bad it is, admitting that I really want it, but sharing 
and be acknowledging how much it it just destroys me, makes me obsess about it, and in my head, 24 hours a day, giving up, as was shared before, I need to give it up, acknowledge that I, it just doesn't work for me, and, and just giving it up, and praying about it, I really can't do it myself without the God and the fellowship. It's my first um, convention, and I'm a little nervous, thank you for letting me share. Okay, in closing, anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. Let's all stand and say the uh, seventh-day prayer. You can find it behind your brochure. Seven-step prayer. My creator, and I willing that you should have all of me bad. I pray that you remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of mouthful usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.